Being prepared for an outbreak is just as important as being prepared for any other contingency. Hi, hope you're well. This is PD at the Art of Self-Development. This podcast is for everyone who's interested in psychology and who wants to develop the most useful people and life skills for yourself and for the people around you. You're listening to an episode on infectious diseases. This is a current topic, although also a timeless one, because the ongoing COVID-19 is just one of many, and so far at least, one of the nicer ones, one of the less bad ones. So this is an episode on what to know and what to do when a situation like this happens. Because sometimes we forget that we are surrounded by viruses and bacteria, and most of the time it doesn't really matter that much to us. Until we have something like the MERS virus or the SARS virus, which are close relatives of the COVID-19. Again, one of many coronaviruses that we live with. So from time to time, we have larger outbreaks like the 1918 Spanish flu, the pandemic flu, or much later, the H5N1. And some of these diseases are dangerous, not just because they're a strain on the organism in and of itself. Some of them are dangerous in people who are otherwise healthy, who have had, or whose organisms, whose immune systems have had enough experience with similar viruses, enough to cause an overwhelming immune system response, which can be more dangerous than the virus itself. And viruses are always changing. They're always mutating, or at least some of them, the seasonal ones like the flu virus or all the common cold or corona viruses, which we don't pay that much attention to. And even the doctors don't, because these keep constantly changing and usually are not that serious. But to these viruses, Human beings are like a big lab experiment because they can do their thing in billions of people now and they can live and replicate, they can change their DNA or RNA, intermingle together in ways which can lead to the emergence of a new virus. And then we have to struggle against time to contain the outbreak before it gets out of hand or deal with the consequences. And this will probably happen more and more often as there are more people on the planet than ever before. And there are more people living together. There's less space, relatively speaking. And more people living in new territories, encroaching into rainforests, and getting in contact, often for the first time, 
with the indigenous animals that live there that circulate many of these viruses, such as the corona family of viruses, which may have had these viruses for a very long time, but typically these would not present any danger to these animals or to us for some time. Because every once in a while a mutation takes place which allows these viruses to make a jump from one species to another. And sometimes this jump can be accompanied by an ability to spread from one person to another. And when that happens, that is a new chapter in human fight against disease. We've all seen it in the movies. The first infected person, the figuring out what happened to them, and then more people getting infected, more victims. Then the government steps in, the lockdown happens, the military steps in. And we have seen these things in real life, but what's good, I think, about the real-life situation is it's less about being isolated from society and more about cooperation. It's about scientists cooperating and the rest of us working together. And this is also a time when we find out how important it is to know science and to support science. Because the truth is, we pay very little attention to all these viruses before they get out of hand. For example, those native coronaviruses and similar viruses that are circulating in animals before they make the jump. We don't really care to monitor those, which yes, could take some time to do, but then when a problem happens, we would have a much quicker response time and we would be much better able to take the precautions and to develop a vaccine in time to contain the outbreak. So mapping and understanding these viruses could save lives and quite likely a lot of money in the long run. Because then things wouldn't have to get out of hand for us to react and deal with a large-scale situation. Anyway, this is about what to do when there's an outbreak. And this, for the most part, I think is less dramatic than it might seem. But some precautions and some measures are definitely a good idea. And you've probably heard about some of these at least. Things like good hygiene, washing your hands for at least 20 seconds and doing it properly so that you don't leave anything out. And there are good videos on YouTube that you can take a good look at to get the idea. Wearing those face masks, definitely a good idea if you're infected yourself, otherwise not that useful. Having supplies, and this one goes for any kind of contingency or catastrophe that might happen, such as earthquake or nuclear conflict, 
or asteroid impact, which could have a big impact on our civilization and how it works. So there are many things that can possibly go wrong. And if we cannot set things right soon enough, it's in any case a good idea to have at least a few days supplies of water and of non-perishable food. More like a week. But it's not necessarily a good idea to go overboard. Anyway, things like, of course, water for at least a few days as a minimum. And then supply of food that can last a long time. Canned food, dried fruit or biscuits. Things that you can replenish every now and then and just eat that which you've had for some time. Things like soap and hand sanitizers also can come in handy. So these are the basic things that I think anyone should have just in case. Because things might happen and it's not just a disease that can result in you needing this. Then there's the thing like coughing etiquette, like sneezing or coughing into your elbow or into your sleeve. All the masks that people buy may not be very useful, but it probably is a good idea to have one or two ones that actually work and do their job so that you can use them when you need it or when you become infected and then throw them away. Avoid crowded places if you can, of course. Don't touch your face. This is probably the best thing about the masks. that They prevent you from touching your face, your nose, your mouth. Which can reduce your chances of transmission. But one thing that even doctors say is it's not a good idea to become overly pessimistic or fearful of what's going on. Because negative emotions have a measurable impact on your immune system. And realistically speaking, and on a larger scale, the fear of the illness may be more dangerous than the illness itself. So take those precautions. Learn more about any viral outbreak that may be relevant in your area. Because understanding can not only help you do the right thing at the time, but it also helps you relax more. Because the more people know about a possible danger, the less they tend to be afraid. So stay positive. This is just one of many things that might test your attitude your lifestyle, possibly your health. And it is a proven fact that staying positive and not isolating yourself, at least not quite, is a significant factor in staying healthy and in boosting your immune system. So don't change your life too much. Keep doing what matters to you. Have fun. And remember... We are all in this together. 
You're the sum total of your thoughts. Your thoughts create pictures, which lead to your actions. Your actions create habits. Your habits create who you are. Who you are, in turn, determines what you can do. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Art of Self-Development. If you got some value out of this episode, or you know someone who might benefit from this podcast, tell your friends. For questions, suggestions, or insights, write me at pdartofsd at gmail.com. Keep doing your part to create the best possible life for yourself and others, and through what you do, leave the world better than you found it.